Hey guys, what's up? Zach here with the Zach Shanky Podcast. I kind of need to map something out in my mind. I've been having, I've been having some growing pains um, as a as a as a person as well as as a leader, and I, I kind of need to map out something that I think I have settled in my mind, um, but I think telling you guys would be helpful for a number of reasons. Number one, obviously for you to learn uh, from my own growing pains so that you can grow as a leader and as a um, a person. <laughs> I don't know what it's hard to describe. <laughs> Whatever. So you can also grow as a leader uh, and then we can together just give society leadership that it sorely needs. And um, there's kind of this this culture out there that's that's very anti-rich, right? Very anti-rich, and the th- these thoughts are mostly coming from like the tragedy that occurred with the submarine visiting the Titanic. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. There's a submarine called like something Titan, the Titan or something like that, and um, from what previous reviews of the sub were saying and everything. It's kind of a piece of crap submarine. And what ended up happening is a bunch of billionaires went in the sub, went down to visit the Titanic remains in the ocean, and the sub essentially imploded and killed everyone in there. And that's sad. I don't care who's inside. Like, that's sad. And all I see are, like, a bunch of jokes about it. You know, just just jokes about, well, who cares? You know, billionaires don't actually help anybody anyways. They just yell at people. They're greedy. The world is a better place. I see this kind of garbage out there. And I'm like, they, they're people with families, you know? like, And they, they've, being billionaires, very likely they've made some massive, massive impacts, positive impacts on many, many, many people's lives. Um, so I, I don't know. I just, I see a lot of this attitude against wealthy people. And the problem is that that attitude kind of bleeds out subconsciously to everybody to where a lot of people struggle with the idea of having more money because they don't want to be the douchebag billionaire. So I want to talk about douchebag wealthy people for a second and really I think I've identified that the douchebaggery (laughs) is essentially a a perspective Um, and I'm experiencing this I'm not even close to a billionaire Um, however as my wealth has continued to increase at a pretty drastic pace over the last year and a half because of trading um, and business and diversifying my assets and all sorts of other things. I, I'm starting to realize that I, I do say no more often. And what I mean by that is when we started our, our trading education company called Prosperity Movement, um, I was coaching everybody, right? Like I was the trader to coach people and uh, I would get on one-on-one calls with them if they needed it. I would review their trading sessions because we have them record their trading sessions so we can look at them. 
Um, and I was doing all of that stuff and I had an open door policy like, you know, hey, just message me if you need help, message me this, that. And eventually what ended up happening is um, as a leader, as a trading coach, that particular position, even though it's a little bit challenging, it is ultimately replaceable. Like it was an easy, relatively easy thing. I needed to find a really good communicator who was good at trading in order to take that off my plate. And we did. And she's our current coach for our phase one program. And it's amazing. And she's amazing. Um, And her name is Janelle. She's absolutely great. And um, so now Janelle does all those things. Um, Now, I still have an open book policy, which means people still message me. But what I'm finding is I take, you know, 24 hours to respond back. (laughs) Right. So I'm kind of slow at my responses. Um, I'm also noticing sometimes they ask me if they can meet with me one-on-one and I suggest that they meet with Janelle instead. And a lot of times, and this is where the douchebaggery comes into place, right? Because from someone else's perspective, they might think like, well, what the crap? I guess Zach doesn't really care. Well, I guess Zach just wants to, you know, put off these tasks and whatever. But from my side of the fence... The way, the way I see it is that I have a lot of responsibilities that don't just affect me. My responsibilities and doing them properly and effectively actually has a major impact on a number of families. There's my business partners and their families. And then we have a team of 15 people, 16 people, um, and they have families, most of them. So like... I'm not <laughs> the the parts that I cannot outsource, right? So Janelle took over that that position for me. Um, there are things that are going to be a lot harder to replace, and I have to. Those are my primary responsibilities because I have to do them, and um, that's where my time needs to be focused. So I have to guard my time to do the things that only I can do while helping people direct them to pe- to other sources that can do what they're asking of me. Um, and it's, it's not out of a lack of care by any means. In fact, I would say it's because I care that I would be put, sending people to Janelle. Janelle is focused, right? She's got, like, that's her primary role. I've got a million of those primary roles, and so it's harder for me to focus on student successes. I actually typically take one or two students under my wing per month. And, uh, and for those of you that have been under my wing, you know that it doesn't take long for me to start saying, Hey, I'm going to stop reviewing you. I'm going to, I'm going to start sending you back to Janelle, right? Like I kind of get you back on track and then I kind of send you back into the system, so to speak. (laughs) Um, and I, again, it's because I care. Because when I can, a, a, when I'm able to focus on the things that only I can do, well, now all of a sudden, we can start to grow other aspects of the of the program that are only going to help you um, as the student, right? So, so this is what I'm thinking of, like billionaires. So when they've hit that level, it's like they don't they don't work in it anymore. They, they have worked in it 
enough to the point where you could say even that they are an expert of those particular fields. But they aren't actually working in it. They can just tell and recognize BS when they see it, right? And and I think that that's okay. And I think I think billionaires and and people in positions of authority, like business owners with their employees and um, mentors to their mentees, coaches to their students, like the, like all of those little positions of authority. It is important that that individual, that leader, protects their time so that they can be most effective for everyone, not just one person. So I've been feeling a lot of this, uh, like, oh man, I'm kind of, I'm kind of being a jerk by saying no. And I've been feeling that because like, I, I never used to do that, which is kind of part of the problem, I think, because I used to just say yes all the time. And then lo and behold, I never got everything done, you know, and, and then I wasn't very effective at the other tasks. And, and so now I'm, I'm a little bit more guarded with it. Um, and I make sure to, and, and you know what? I also guard other people's time too. So for example, last podcast, I mentioned that we hired a sales team. I talked to the sales team guy before introducing him to my team, my partners, because I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to guard their time. Their time right now is best spent in the areas that they're working on. Um, I'm the guy that's in charge of finding this sales team. So I will spend my time doing that and then I'll introduce them later. Brian has done the same thing for me and Travis as well, where he's looking for a collaboration, collaboration of some sort and he will sort through before he has us talk to them. And this is a very similar process. We do this all the time. We guard each other's time. Um, even Janelle. So sometimes she does get a member, a student, who reaches out to her and she doesn't know exactly how to respond. So she asks me. That's totally cool. I'm totally okay with that. That's actually like the chain of command, right? I think that's great. And so she reaches out to me for some help. I may at that point step in to talk to this particular student. And some of you listening to my podcast, you may have been that person where all of a sudden Zach's messaging you and saying, hey, I saw what you said to Janelle. Let's talk about it, right? And and that's totally fine. Like I'm, I'm okay with all that. Okay, it's just, they're, they're, as I continue to grow, as I continue to get more and more responsibilities and greater consequences for not fulfilling responsibilities, right, um, it's more and more important to guard my time. So, like, if you think about some big timers where, like, you can't, there's no way you can just contact them. Oh, I'll give you a quick example. Um, Elon Musk is a really good example of this, right? I mean, no one can say he's like a bad person. I don't think so. I don't agree with everything he says. He does have some political viewpoints I would not, I would not agree to. Um, however, I don't think he's a bad person. I mean, goodness gracious, he's done a lot of good things for the world. And when you hear him being interviewed, he's a very, he's a very bold, honest person. And, um, at the same time, there was there was this uh, YouTuber, and I do like study up on any form of marketing, including YouTube marketing. And there's this YouTuber who grows organically, and he had a goal of hugging 100 uh, celebrities. And the number one cele- or his 
last celebrity that he wanted to hug was Elon Musk. So when he got to like 50 celebrities, he started thinking of a plan on how to contact Elon Musk and convince him to give him a hug, right? And this guy was so devoted to making that happen. Um, He put up flyers like, have you seen this man? (laughs) It's Elon Musk, like around his town and stuff. He, he went to SpaceX headquarters and held a sign outside the building, you know, saying, uh, have you seen Elon? You know, like, he went through a lot of effort in order to try to find Elon and, and to, you know, talk with someone to connect him. And then finally, 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 Elon Musk was, like, in a local cafeteria and these kids saw him and the kids ran up to him and showed him the YouTube video from, uh, from this YouTuber because he, he put out a YouTube video saying, hey guys, I'm trying to hug him. If you see him, like, let him know. <laughs> as creepy as that sounds. And, uh, and Elon's like, you, you kids think I should actually do it? I've seen this video. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Elon had his security team contact the YouTuber and they laid down some very strict guidelines. He's not allowed to have his phone on him. They were going to meet in this undisclosed location, right? Like very, very high security. He had to go through a pat down, all of this before even seeing Elon. And then they had to drive him to like a parking garage where he could actually record himself hugging him. And he got the hug done. Now, is Elon a jerk for that? Is that a douchebag thing? Like, it's an honest YouTuber just wanting to give the guy a hug, right? Like, it it was really a harmless thing, and everyone was happy and parted ways after. So, was was he a jerk for going, first off, ignoring him for three months before finally sending his security team in, and they had to go through all the securities? No, it's not a jerk at all for that. Are you kidding me? My responsibilities impact like 16 people and their families. <laughs> Elon's, we're talking hundreds upon hundreds, if not thousands of people. If not, you could even say the planet in, in terms of the impact of, of not having Elon around. So, of course, his security is insanely tight to the point where he almost didn't even want to hug an innocent YouTuber. You know what I mean? Because of the potential threat. Right, like he, that's stuff that I never even think about, right? Because I'm not, I'm not famous by any means. (laughs) Um, The other one that I I saw recently was like um, Mr. Beast. He's like the the world's biggest YouTuber, and he drives around. Well, first off, he doesn't drive; he has a driver, but he rides in the backseat of a Tesla, and his Tesla has fully tinted windows. And he's had to make an agreement with the police department of his town to allow it because technically the level of tint he has is illegal where he lives. But he got the cops to say it's okay because he's so well known that if people just see him through a car window, they will run in front of the car to stop the car to get pictures and try to get an autograph like it's an actual security problem. So he drives around innocently in this Tesla with crazy heavily tinted windows so that no one can see him inside. Isn't that crazy? Like these are things that you can't, you don't even think about. Now, losing someone like Mr. Beast due to security problems would be also really bad because the amount of people that that guy impacts 
every single day. Like, it's it's pretty insane. There's his whole team, you know, that he's responsible for and supports and with his content ideas. Not to mention the people inside of his content that he gives away money to. He helps people uh, with ailments. Um, you know, he donates. He has a philanthropy channel, which is all nonprofit. Um, he's got, like, all this stuff. He plants trees. He cleans the ocean. He does all this crazy stuff. Um, like that's a big impact. Those are way bigger responsibilities than what I have, right? Like, goodness gracious. And so I think, I think overall society needs to have a new lens when it comes to thinking about the actions of wealthy people and, and the reasoning behind those actions. Um, one last note, and this is, I think, where my own insecurity was coming in. Here's my viewpoint on people as a whole, as a general principle. I legitimately have attempted and prayed about and, and really, really, really put in a, a solid effort in loving people equally as as God does, right? Like, like seriously, the amount of forgiveness I try to put out in the world, the amount of kindness that I try to treat everybody with, even if they're rude to me, um, I seriously put in a really good effort. I'm not perfect, obviously, but I, I do everything I can. And, um, at least I feel I do. (laughs) And so I don't see things like, like, I don't see Elon Musk as someone who is better than me or better than you. I don't see, uh, Jimmy, um, I forgot his last, Mr. Beast, (laughs) Jimmy something, (laughs) I don't know, Mr. Beast. I don't see him as someone better than me or better than you. I don't see it like that. I see people with bigger responsibilities than me or bigger responsibilities than you bigger consequences than me, right? Like, that's what I look at. It's not that those folks are better, quote unquote, better, because that's the big argument, right? With rich people is that rich people just don't care about the little minions, right? The little pawns in the game of wealth, right? That's how they, that's how people see it, but that's not it. It's that they have bigger responsibilities and consequences, and therefore they have to guard their time in a whole different way, than maybe I do, or than maybe you do. And, uh, and that's the right way to look at it because ultimately at the end of the day, none of us is taking our wealth with us. It's all about what kind of wealth do you leave behind? None of us can take anything with us. When we die, we all die naked, just like we were born, right? And then we're judged according to our works, right? According to our deeds, not according to how much money we have. So when I talk to people, I don't look at it as a status thing. I don't look at it as anything but potential. However, I also have to guard my time based on my current responsibilities. And that's only going to have to increase as the responsibilities and consequences increase in my life. It's just a reality. And so... Anyway, if you guys are a member, if you're listening to this, you are a member of Prosperity Movement, please know. (laughs) If I ever point you in a different direction other than talking to me on Zoom, it's not because I don't care. Quite the contrary, it's because I do care. Um, 
I also really feel strongly about people can can find most of the time find their own solutions. There are times where somebody asks me a question and I wait 24 hours because I'm busy doing other things. And then when I get to the question 24 hours later, I find that they sent me another message saying, oh, never mind, I found it, I figured it out. <laughs> Perfect, right? Like, like that's, that's the kind of attitude I want to see. Like, you figure it out. You know, and then if, you, if you've tried figuring it out, good effort, and you still need help, absolutely, I'm willing to help, or at least I'm willing to point you in the right direction uh, for help. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm actually driving on the highway and I'm literally witnessing them using a uh, construction crew using a wrecking ball. Oh man, I've never seen that. Oh, that's cool. They just, oh, that's really fun. Anyway, sorry, distracted. I'm driving. <laughs> I'm, I'm a good driver. Anyway, all right. <laughs> so I hope you guys can see a perspective. And as you become leaders in your own sense, with your own wealth, you're going to have to also learn this lesson of guarding your time and recognizing your responsibilities and consequences and how they are on a new level, a bigger level, and what that means and what, what comes with that. So I hope all this makes sense, you guys. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you all. Talk to you later.